everybody. Welcome back to the Independent Author Podcast. I'm Tom Kranz. I appreciate you subscribing and downloading my episodes. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, I'm recording this in mid-January 2022. Uh, I don't want to jinx myself, but so far, uh, it's been over two years and I have dodged the COVID bullet. Uh, People around me have gotten sick. One of my sons uh, got infected. Uh, He was asymptomatic, but he had to quarantine. And uh, of course, a lot of folks that all of us know uh, have had either breakthrough cases or uh, been positive for no apparent reason or because maybe they weren't careful. I don't know. But uh, I'm so far uh, into January uh, by a couple of weeks. And uh, as I said, so far, so good. Uh, what brings me here today is uh, the my mission of writing and writing for myself. <clears throat> Do I write for a bigger audience? I've asked that question to most of the authors uh, who I interview for this podcast. Uh, the answers are kind of varied, but I think that the common denominator is that most of the independent authors, if not all of them who I've interviewed, uh, are writing because of a specific passion for a specific subject or because they just want to write and essentially write for themselves. I'd have to say that, uh, you know, I've been writing since high school, uh, writing professionally since college as a news person uh, and then later as a communications director for, uh, for a, a company. And I'd have to say that uh, I write for my own enjoyment. I come up with uh, these stories for my novels out of thin air. Uh, some of them are based on uh, actual people who I've met here and there, but there's really no real life model for any of the people I write about or any of the situations uh, that I write in. Um, so that brings me to my current project. I'm currently writing a sequel to my uh, first science fiction book, called Time Travel Rescue. The sequel is called Moon Rescue, and it kind of picks up somewhat where the first book left off. Uh, Just very broadly, it takes place mostly on the moon, where in uh, the 2060s, uh, we have uh, come to build basically a domed city that's become a refuge from people who have the money to escape the Earth uh, as the Earth slowly disintegrates and erodes under uh, climate apathy and warming and increasing storms and increasing floods and rising sea levels. And it takes place uh, in uh, underneath this dome uh, mostly, but it also has to do with, uh, you know, some of the bad influences up there. Uh, shocking that uh, human beings would bring their addictions and their crimes with them off world, but uh, it happens. And uh, the book is going to deal with uh, the people who uh, who have to track down those bad guys and why why crime is uh, burgeoning in what was supposed to be essentially an off-world paradise. Uh, it's an interesting uh, exercise writing science fiction because at least I feel like I have to walk a line between being somewhat accurate and somewhat true to the subject, but also tell an engaging story. You know, it is fiction after all. Um, I remember getting a review to my first sci-fi book by a gentleman who was very, very concerned by a couple of the scenarios that I described because uh, he said, well, that just couldn't possibly happen. You know, in the real world, physics wouldn't allow that to happen. And I took note, you know, and I said, okay, that's fine. 
the fact of the matter is that in writing this book, I have as a consultant um, a, a master's in mechanical engineering who's got a lot of knowledge about space and how things work. And he actually teaches a science class in uh, my hometown of Philadelphia where he's got some students who are very read up and very much advanced in subjects like astrophysics and space. So I actually have a source of, uh, you know, good information when it comes to things like living in weightlessness, do, does Wi-Fi work on the moon, those kinds of questions. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I'm dealing with right now. I'm about halfway through this book and I'm hoping I'll have it done by, I guess, early spring or mid-spring. That really is about a month or two away. Don't go away. More in just a minute. Podcasts are everywhere, and it's never been easier to do your own with Buzzsprout. It's easy to sign up and use Buzzsprout. You'll get a great-looking website to host your podcast, audio players to embed into other websites, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Buzzsprout gets your podcast listed on every major podcasting venue. And Buzzsprout offers a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. Grab this offer and see why Buzzsprout is the choice of more than 100,000 podcasters worldwide. Buzzsprout makes podcasting easy and fun. And the last thing I wanted to impart uh, in this particular episode was uh, I had a the opportunity um, back in the fall, <clears throat> excuse me, to go to Indianapolis for the annual convention of the Percussive Arts Society of America. The, uh, I'm a lapsed drummer. I played the drums from age 13 until maybe 20 years ago when I moved to New Jersey, and I just didn't have the time anymore to pursue it. But I've always been interested in drumming and drummers, and I, you know, resurrected a practice pad and my sticks, and I try to keep my chops up. But my very good friend Don from Seattle has been a lifelong drummer, lifelong musician, and he goes to this convention every year. And so this year, we met out there and we spent a few days. And the reason I bring it up is because there was one of the workshops that kind of reminded me of writing. Uh, that workshop was done by a drummer named Tommy Igo, I-G-O-E. Tommy Igo is probably, I guess, a modern day equivalent of a Buddy Rich uh, type of drummer. He is uh, an astonishing technician on the drums. Uh, he has played all kinds of music. He led a big band in New York for a number of years, but he also plays funk and blues, and he can play jazz, and he plays rock. He's a very, what I call, aggressive drummer. He's not afraid to really attack the kit, and he's got an ego, I would say, probably the size of New Jersey, um, and I, I kind of mean that in a good way. Uh, he's very driven, and he's very passionate about the instrument, but during his workshop, he talked a lot about finding your own voice as a drummer. And, you know, you might ask yourself, well, how can a drummer find a voice? Isn't it just a matter of keeping time and making the noise and, you know, keeping the rest of, uh, keeping the song kind of moving? Uh, and the answer is a big fat no on that. As you become good at the rudiments and you become a good technician, you do actually find a voice and your voice is, uh, in terms of phrasings, the way you attack the drums, the volume, the touch you have, uh, the way you interpret music, the way you interpret songs. And I found so much of what he said relevant to writing. Uh, 
you know, it's one thing to learn grammar and spelling and sentence structure and all that stuff's important, but you really have to find your voice. You have to find out what it is that you want to write about and why. What is your motivation for writing like that? Um, you know, in my case, I really just am, am now able to tell stories that I wasn't able to tell in 25 plus years as a journalist, journalist, uh, in the very strictest sense where I was telling, you know, kind of reporting the news as unbiased and as fairly as possible. And that keeps you within uh, certain guardrails along the road of writing that story. Uh, now I can make things up. I can come up with stories. I can fantasize, uh, and, and find a way to make those stories come alive on the page or as an audiobook so that a total stranger might be interested in reading it. Uh, and my theory there is if I, if I'm interested in it, I think other people may be interested in it too. Sounds simplistic, but that's kind of the way I approach it. And that's what uh, I think Tommy Igo meant about finding your voice. You know, you look in your, you look in the mirror and you look at the guy or girl looking back at you and you say, what is it that you're trying to say? What is it that you're trying to do? And once you figure that out, I think that you can move forward a lot more, uh, with a lot more uh, nimbleness in terms of coming up with storylines, coming up with plot lines, figuring out what you want characters to do and why. So that's what kind of I've been spending the last few years doing here with my, now my sixth novel is trying to find what my voice is and what it is that I'm trying to say beyond just facts and figures and good sentence structure and good spelling there comes a time when I think every writer seeks to go to the next level, which is to really try to get into what it is you're feeling, what it is you believe. Uh, as my old high school teacher once said, the universal truth that you're trying to get to. Uh, that's a lifelong pursuit for some, and some will never get there, and hopefully, maybe I will before I die. Who knows? In any event, I appreciate your listening. Um, I hope you'll listen to some of my past episodes. I'll be getting back on the stick and finding uh, new authors to interview now that the new year is here. Uh, I really appreciate your time and attention, and uh, I hope that uh, you'll be listening to future episodes. Happy New Year, and be safe out there.